It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends, and Happy New Year to you. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Today on Wise Money, we're discussing the best process to set and achieve your financial goals. Whether you have a New Year's resolution or you're hoping to uh, achieve something specifically in 2022, or just need to update your financial goals. So we're sharing the Wise Money financial goal planning process on this hour of Wise Money. Easy for me to say. (laughs) I was actually going to say, sometimes you tease me. So I have certain words that I just say wrong, (laughs) like milk and a few other things. I just say them wrong. Well, financial... It's like sometimes I don't get the full financial out. And Kevin, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, you, you shortcut it. You, you missed a couple letters in there. <laughs> Can I drop a syllable? <laughs> yeah. Hey, How about have, that? If you have a question for the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us. Uh, you can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can reach us online as well, wisemoneyshow.com. Uh, you can submit a question right there on the right. It turns into an email, comes to me, and then all over social media, wherever you are, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show, and most people submit questions that way. I'm hoping we can get to some questions later today, and we've got several from the YouTube channel, so you can uh, reach us that way. Okay, so guys, Happy New Year. It's, Happy a, New it's Year. A Happy. another show, another special episode of the Wise Money Show. We've recorded it in advance because no reruns. That's what we're about. So, uh, But thematic. Anyway, because as I think about the new year, it's hard not to think about losing weight. I'm just kidding. It's hard not not to think about some of the, you know, we have these goals or resolutions. And yeah, commonly it is. I got to lose a couple pounds. This is the year I'm finally going to get rid of those extra 15. And and if you take a moment to stop thinking about that, or maybe that's not you, then odds are you're probably thinking, well, this is the year I'm going to make some extra progress or a different type of progress in my financial life and financial life. Good job there. (laughs) Nice, Mike. Good job. And so I want to help you do that, whether that's a resolution or whether that's uh, achieving some financial goals that you've already had established or creating some new ones. Uh, We want to help you with that right now. And so there's a there's a financial goal planning process that we help clients with. And uh, Josh, I'm going to put you on the spot. And I know it's long. There's several steps to it. But let's let's start with that. Let's share that for, to help folks create, set, and achieve financial goals. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's important that before you even begin the process of setting goals, you've got to be in the right frame of mind. Yes. Right? You know, and, and we, we've often talked that at the end of the calendar year or the start of the new calendar year, we often find ourselves reflecting on the past year, looking forward to what you hope to achieve, everything that you just said. But sometimes we don't always leave space for that. And I, I think it's important to recognize that you've got to have room in your schedule. You've got to carve out some valuable time. And especially if you're married, you both have to be in the right frame of mind. So this this shouldn't be something that you're kind of tucking in between shuttling kids around activities or you know, getting them off to sports activity or something. But um, it, it needs to be something where you maybe are even relocating in some way, going off site. Treat this more like a retreat or, um, or, or a formal meeting, perhaps. 
I'm curious to ask you guys, how, how have you approached this with your own spouses? Have you had any kind of best practices where you, you know, either get off site, do you have some standing meeting every year or anything? Neither of those. Actually, we are sitting down on the couch. I'm yeah. not kidding. Normally. So how we have the living room set up is... Are the kids at least in bed? Yeah. Okay. Right. So yes. So we are we are not somewhere else. We're right there in the home space and we are not standing. We are sitting and usually just... Uh, and because we've done this so many times, mm-hmm. it's it's less formal than... Uh, and, and But that doesn't mean now isn't a good time for a refresher to go yeah. through the steps you're about to share. Well, you know, Andrea and I, one of the best uh, goal-setting sessions we've had recently was literally going in uh, on a day when the rest of the office was shut down, um, using a conference room and a whiteboard, and just the formality of getting in a different location and saying, okay, this is what we're focusing on right now. We often hear from clients that that's that's half the value that's uh, provided by a financial advisor, someone who gets them into a room, guides them through this process. But more than anything, they're not checking Facebook. They're not running errands. They're not, you know, checking TV or anything like that. No, they are, they are fully dialed in because they made it a formal process. So mm-hmm. getting yourself in that state of mind, and if you need an outside helper, a certified financial planner should be able to help guide you in that way. But the first step in my mind is just getting the full list of all of your own individual wishes down on paper. Mm-hmm. You know, this is brain dump time. It's it's uh, thinking through all the hopes and dreams that you have, everything that you want to be a part of your ideal future. This is looking down the road. It may be also looking at, well, what are the pain points that you're experiencing right now? Things that you wish you had less of in your life, or, or maybe some of the, the pleasures that you wish you had more of in your life. Maybe there's some unmet needs either today or you know they're coming down the road. But whatever they are, it's, it's brainstorming time on all of the goals, everything that you would hope that you might be able to achieve in your financial life. And it might be hard to even pinpoint, well, is there even a dollar amount attached to some of these? Maybe it's a certain activity or an achievement down the road. But anything that could have financial implications, you want to get those out on paper. This is an individual exercise, kind of private. It's you sharing your own values, your own um, priorities and everything. But then you have to, if you're, if you're married, you need to consolidate your list. Mm-hmm. Because as you're doing this activity, your spouse might be sitting right next to you on that couch and, um, and coming up with their own list. And somehow there has to be a blending of the two. Coming up with a master plan or a, a master list, I should say. Um, when you share these, I think it's important that there's no judgments. Yeah, the scoff. I'm a scoffer. <laughs> don't scoff. <laughs> don't roll your eyes. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. No comments or anything. You're just listening to understand, right? Like you, you want to approach this stage of kind of unveiling your list of goals or your priorities um, and, and hearing it back from your spouse with a spirit of curiosity because you're going to learn something about your spouse as they lay out the things that they've hoped for. But then once you have one master list, and it could be five items on a list, or it could be 15. I've seen 20 before. Whatever the list is, as many as you can come up with, now you go to the hard part individually of ranking them in order of priority. Okay, And it's important that it's by priority and not just by timeline as well. I was going to ask, and, and I know we're, this is going to spill into the next segment as well, but I was curious 
Josh, if there's a best practice around, okay, you set this for goals you want to achieve this year, or do you do this process for goals you want to achieve, you know, out there in the future? Like, yeah. right, it doesn't need to be time bound. I, I think as long as you're both defining the same time frame, that's what that's what matters the most. This same process could work in your whole life. Like, what do you want to achieve over your whole life? What do we want to do this year as well? Yeah, I think if you're doing this in the spirit of brainstorming, one of you might be a longer term thinker, one of you might be a short short term thinker. So you get everything out on the table. And then you can categorize and say, hey, this is a short term, this is a medium term, this is a long term. Mm -hmm. And then in the process, you actually work at setting dates for achievement of this. Hey, this needs to be done by 1231 of 2025. Yeah. Okay, boom, there you go. The only thing that, and, and before we wrap up here, you know for sure your financial goals are going to change. Yep. So I would take your perfectionistic tendencies and just set them aside yep. and say, "Hey, listen, this is this is uh, this is very wet cement, and it's it's not going to be perfect." If you've learned anything so far, hopefully it's don't scoff at your spouse. But we've also <laughs> shared the first few steps of setting and achieving great financial goals. We'll share the rest coming up on Core on Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Setting and achieving financial goals. That's what we're helping you with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and turn on notifications because we drop a lot of content there, not just this weekly episode but lots of content all throughout the weeks that all throughout the week that will help you uh make and take your next wise step in your financial life so go to youtube search wise money show okay so we're going through the financial goal planning process we're about i don't know a couple a few of the way through josh let's let's continue yeah we we said in the last segment that uh, you begin by creating your own master list on your own, but then you've got to combine that with your spouse if you're married. And uh, now we get to the stage of how do you begin to rank these in order? This is, again, an individual exercise. And you need to ask yourself, if I could only achieve one of these goals and the rest were going to be a fail, could not achieve them, which is the one that I would select? And that's what you rank as your number one. And then you'd ask the next question, which of these would I choose to achieve if I could only pick a second? And you, you make your way down the list. And so we, we said in our last uh, segment that this is not necessarily just binding yourself to a timeline. It's not just saying, well, this one's up first. The kids are right around the, the high school years about to go to college. So education has to be our number one, right? Well, no, not if retirement is a bigger priority to you. Not if getting out of debt is a bigger priority to you. But the point is, is your list may be differently ranked than what your spouse would rank them. They, they may place a bigger priority on them. And by you each separately ranking them and then comparing your scores and averaging your scores. Yeah, that's the key. This is where you start to actually blend together both spouses' values, both priorities, and, and um, just, you know, what, what, do you, what is it that you want to achieve in your financial life? Both spouses need to have a voice in that. Now, this is really important. When you do that average, 
what weighting do you assign? <laughs> is it a 50-50 equally weighting? I'm just teasing, of course. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's interesting if, if there's 10 goals on the list and what you would rank as a 1, your spouse ranks as a 10. Well, on average, that's 5. Now, 5 might still be near the top when you average all of them. I have no idea, but... Uh, yeah, and I would even get more precise than that. You're doing math on the radio, which you should never do, Mike. Mm-hmm. One and ten together is a five and a half rating. Thanks. You might have something with a five rating and something with a six rating. You, what you're mm-hmm. doing is you're starting to put these into a, a ranking of what's the lowest score combined between the two of you, and that blending of values helps elevate those things that are together the biggest priorities. They start going to the top of the list, and then you have to agree though. Um, you, you, you may have to have some debates. You may have some rankings that are the exact same score because your number one and her number 10 uh, is the exact opposite of each other because your number 10 is her number one. You know, who, who knows? Wow. Um, you could have the exact same score. But here's what I've observed over the years. You have a lot more in common with your spouse than what you even realize. And that's true of marriages where even even when money is a source of conflict, you're actually more aligned than what you realize. And a lot of people are just surprised to find themselves more on the same page. So, so don't shy away from this exercise. Don't be afraid to do this jointly with your, your spouse. But if you believe this could be a source of conflict, or maybe there could be some fireworks, get someone else involved. And a, a certified financial planner may be just the guide that you need to navigate this important conversation so that you and your spouse can be on the same page and begin planning together. Yeah, most folks have had an experience, at least one, if not a, a few experiences, of having a disagreement about money. Yeah. And so it's it's very interesting as we get to serve people and help them make wise financial decisions, uh, you'll see the people that polarize. And I was explaining this to one of our newer financial advisors because he observed it in a meeting. And what happens is instead of uh, the husband and wife both being close to the center, the, just say the husband is the, the, the far extreme. So the, the husband is um, very uh, prone to making just very quick decisions and not thinking through them very well. And so the wife feels like she has to be the brakeman on the train there. Mm. And so the husband's on on the far side of, of being, hey, I'm going to make this. De- oh, hey, that's I just heard about this today. Let's let's uh, we're doing this this afternoon. <laughs> and the wife is saying, OK, we're not doing anything ever. Stop, 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 stop. And it, with the hopes that they can end up in the center. Hmm. And that's the that is one of the beauties of sitting down together with an independent third party who doesn't have a a, a horse in the race and just who can say hey listen it it looks like this this pattern might be happening and repeating itself is there is there a healthy way we can unwind this and get to a point where we're not doing this? Because the if you can be objective, if you said, how do I want to make great financial decisions? There's a couple things. One is I have to have great financial information. And the other is I have to be objective about it, not subjective. Mm-hmm. Subjective is I'm emotional. I feel this way. Objective is I think. Uh, it is, it's the, it's the, uh, the science side. So objective is science. Subjective mm-hmm. is art. And so you say, okay, it's not that those can't coexist, 
But if you're just on the feeling side of the financial portion, um, there you might. It's very possible to create a little bit of a mess. You know, again, you may find yourself going through this process where you have financial goals that are at at odds with each other. And having that sounding board, that certified financial planner to help you evaluate, okay, there, there's only certain finite resources that can't both be achieved potentially. How do you decide, first of all, is this even a good idea? Um, is it for the right reasons? And is now the right time for this? Hmm. Because if you don't have a yes on all three of these, then that might tip the scales in the direction of another goal, potentially. Mm -hmm. But that's hard to process through on your own when you're kind of politicking for your own goal, your own number three on the list. Um, and someone who can kind of help you just process through that and, and just communicate better, mm -hmm. that is valuable during the planning process. I mean, and that's, that's I mean, normally you'd think, well, after that process is done, you've prioritized and agreed, then that's when you get your CFP involved. And you say, okay, well, now we need a CFP to figure out how to achieve these, what the strategy is. And we're actually going to get a little bit deeper into the most common financial goals in just a second. But Josh and Kevin are making a good point. If you wait to bring your CFP in after you've done this work, actually might be aiming at the wrong targets. That's right. You might not have processed through that list correctly, or your CFP might look and say, actually, there's a different way to think about this second one, and therefore, let's just turn that into a to-do as opposed to a goal, and we'll elevate a different one to the list. So I'd encourage you to work, have your CFP help you through this process. Yeah, the benefit of working with a CFP and as a practicing CFP myself, is that we see all different types of situations. So I work with the, the folks that are totally dialed in and can very, very, very specifically tell you exactly what their goals are. And they've even got some sort of sense for, you know, what is it going to take to to get this done? Whereas I have other folks who say, well, I don't, I don't really have a goal. I just know that by this point in time, I kind of want to be done, and I think I might want to be someplace where the the sun shines uh, for a, a few months in the winter. So, but I don't know what that looks like. But I think I want to go buy a house in Florida, and, and I'm like, well, with things as 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 mushy as they are right now, maybe just let's let's think about renting for a season. Yeah, yeah. And so, they're, so they're so it's it's very different how you handle things with depending on how dialed in folks are. We're going to get into the strategy coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, so once you've established the right priority to your financial goals, you've uh, you've defined them, then what's the strategy? What's the next step? How do you go about achieving them? That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is also on podcast. Wherever you go, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, go check it out. Search the Wise Money Show and subscribe to it or follow us there and rate the program on that podcasting platform. We appreciate that. It's a special edition of the Wise Money Show. This is New Year's Day is when this is airing. We're recording it in advance, but no reruns here. And we're, we're wanting to help you, uh, you know, whether it's a financial goal or a resolution, I don't really care what you call it. Uh, how do you set it and achieve it? 
And Josh just shared the, the wise money financial goal planning process. That's the process you'd go through to prioritize, to, uh, to come up with the right goals. Hopefully you've worked with your certified financial planner along the way because they're going to be able to provide a a neutral opinion or guide um, and they might help you come up with the right goals. Kevin, they might take that kind of mushy goal and mm-hmm. make it a little more concrete and and help you in that way. But then once those goals are sort of, okay, well, that's that's the target. Now you got to come up with the strategy. And there's just an infinite number of goals, so we can't talk about all of the infinite strategies. But the most common financial goals, would you say, are being able to retire, retire someday, yep. get out of debt, might be another one, help kids with college. Mm-hmm. So let's let's hit some of the strategy. Some like what's the process then you'd go through to achieving that goal for retirement specifically? Let's start there. Yeah, I mean, you you may have walked through that process that we outlined in the first two segments, and you've arrived at, hey, our number one goal is we want to retire. We want to get on track to retire by X date or whatever. That's right, and and that's the key. Like you you have to truly um, articulate what is that goal. How much are you going to spend in retirement? At what date are you going to retire? Uh, you know, what's what's your lifestyle going to look like? Um, what do you already have accumulated? Essentially, what you're trying to boil this all down to is creating a price tag for this goal. What's it going to take for you to achieve it? And, you know, that that is defining the goal more clearly than just ranking it. It's getting those specifics down and then working with a certified financial planner to actually analyze uh, what's it going to take? How much will you need to be spending out there in the future? We we walk through a five-factor process. We, we help our clients determine what age are they going to retire, uh, what is their income source uh, or sources going to be, what's their spending going to be, how much can they be saving between here and there, and how do the investments have to be structured. All of those variables determine whether or not someone's actually going to achieve that number one goal. Mm-hmm. But when you can boil it down to, here's what it will take to achieve that goal, we need to be saving X percent of our income or so many dollars per month. Now you've got it down to something tangible that can be maybe quantified at a monthly level. Because you might be looking at that list of goals you created and say, okay, now that we have this list, how many of these can we go achieve? How many can we go after? And that, again is where you need to be working with your CFP to help you come up with the strategy and that strategy determines how how many you can go after, right? Because if you are if that retirement goal is your number one priority and it takes all of your available goal achievement dollars, well then there you go. Then you're working with your certified financial planner on something else. And that is how can we restructure our finances to free up more goal achievement dollars because right. we've got more goals we want to achieve than just this retirement one. Um, but so that's part of the strategy. And I think when I when I think about this whole financial goal setting process, one of the things that I want to kind of walk through is to say, all right, if we if we claim this as a goal and we're going to organize our life around achieving it, is this goal going to reduce stress, financial stress, or is it going to increase financial stress? We did a show a week ago about financial stress and why is there so much stress at Christmas besides the in-laws and and, <laughs> and things like this. And so you say, okay, how am I going to feel? Am I going to feel invigorated 
by having this goal or am I going to feel kind of trapped? And so it's super, super, super important because we are very complex creatures. And I've, as, as I've worked with folks over the years, it's, it, it is very interesting as you, as you look at it, setting goals, achieving goals. I've seen folks that set goals, had a 30-year goal, achieved it in 10 years, and then they kind of floundered because yeah. they're like, well, what's next? Like, I never dreamed. I actually thought when we set this 10 years ago, I'd never even achieve it in 30 years, but I've hmm. already done it. Hmm. And now what do I do? So, so this is where my – so I have a um, – I have a very good friend who has a master's in counseling, and he said people either need a counselor or they need a good friend, hmm. uh, either one. But, I mean, they're, in, in essence, there, there's almost an equivalence there. But you need someone who knows you, who can read you and understand you and say, hey, look, uh, I think it looks like you're stuck there a little bit. Let me just uh, get on the back bumper, and I'll give you a push, and we'll get you out of this thing. Mm-hmm. So, so this is where I, th- these are the things I'd be thinking about. Is this going to add stress or take away stress? And then when I think about my goals, even the, even the prioritizing and organizing of those, as Josh was so eloquently describing earlier, I would put those into, not only would I categorize them in, in short, medium, and long term, and then set some, some target dates, but I would also... Uh, categorize them into needs and wants. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I need to someday provide for the income that won't be coming in when I'm not coming into work. So that, that so I need to create an income replacement strategy. I might want to have a '69 Camaro convertible, <laughs> or you know something something along those lines. I might want to have a lake house, or I might want to have a a place in Florida or, or whatever these these various other things are. So that's that's where it, it again, this is part of being very objective and saying almost like you're a consultant to your own self and saying, okay, uh, consider these. Maybe the needs go towards the top and the wants uh, get pushed yeah. down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, many people do get stuck in that process of trying to rank their goals, trying to determine, is this really a need? Is it a want? Another place they get stuck, though, is in the implementation. Because even if you've quantified the goal and you now know for us to be able to retire in 15 years, we need to be saving $1,500 a month, let's say, totally making that number up. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you then get it going? Like, how do you take that into the real world and actually have it be driving your behavior where the 1500 every single month really is getting saved. The more automation that you can bring to your financial life, the better the odds of success because you decide one time and then your paycheck or your automatic bank transfers or whatever, that carries out your wishes month after month after month, long after the desire has has already faded, mm-hmm. after the decision is a distant memory, you've put it on autopilot. That's how people achieve those long-term goals like retirement. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly right. And, and then, you know, I'm, I'm just also stuck thinking about the changes that you'll need to make to that goal as well. I mean, Yes, you set up that automatic savings so that you're on track, but then it's important that you tune into that goal on an annual basis at least 
and sort of expect that there's going to need to be some adjustments along the way. For sure. Right. Yeah. Your 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 income might change. The investment worlds might change. The uh, health insurance might get more expensive. Inflation might increase. There's going to be some adjustments that you'll need to make with that as well. So that's just don't be discouraged by that. That's just sort of part of the process of setting and achieving goals in in real life got a couple other most common goals that we're going to help you strategize for and plan for. So that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the three most common financial goals that most of us share? What's the strategy then to achieve those goals? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all of our social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Follow us there. Okay, so we've talked about the, the financial goal planning process. And then that will lead you to making a full list of all your, you know, your wishes and potential financial goals. Some best practices are then to put timeframes around them and, and uh, categorize them in needs versus wants and then prioritize them and then agree either with yourself uh, or uh, which would be sort of the commitment stage or with a spouse, that commitment stage. These are the ones that we're going to be going after from there. You're then working on the strategy. You're building out the plans to achieve those goals. And the most common financial goals are retirement, maybe getting out of debt, and maybe helping kids with school. There's a lot of others, right? Paying the mortgage off or buying a new house or buying the second house or whatever, right? But uh, we talked through the five-factor retirement plan very briefly in the previous segment. That's how you strategize and plan out that retirement goal. What's what's the process for building the plan or strategy for getting out of debt? If that if that made your list of financial goals, what's the next step from there? Well, you know, one of the approaches that we like to take when it comes to wiping out debt is by essentially laying out a debt snowball. And uh, this is a strategy. You know, we didn't make this up. It's been around for a long, long time. But it's the belief that. When you're trying to wipe out debt, especially if you have a long list of liabilities, maybe credit card debt and car loan and student loans, you've got your mortgage, maybe there's some others in there as well. You look at this list and you're like, man, that's overwhelming. It's going to take us years. It it could take a couple decades to get completely debt-free potentially. And so it's important along the way that you can hit certain milestones and have something to celebrate, something that just keeps the wind in your sails, keeps you going over the long haul. And that's what the debt snowball uh, strategy is completely designed to do. It's, it's how do you attack the smallest debt first? And you're doing this with any extra cash flow that you have available for this goal. Um, you apply that on top of your normal minimum payments everywhere else. So you're you're putting all your firepower on the smallest debt so that it will just melt quickly. And you rapidly get to the point where you haven't only uh, eliminated a balance, but you freed up another payment. Yeah. And that's the key. So you take that freed up cash flow now, plus the goal achievement dollars that were already helping you do that melting early on, and you apply both of those 
on top of your minimum payment of the next debt. And you make your way up the food chain, going from smallest balance to largest balance, celebrating along the way, and starting to pick up more and more speed as you go. And that is just like a self um, encouraging, self-enforcing approach to wiping out debt. So let's just think through this process. You, you've started a relationship with a certified financial planner. They're doing comprehensive financial planning. So they're asking you about your goals. They're looking at your overall financial situation. And early on in that relationship, you're going to go through this goal planning process if you if you if you have perfectly articulated financial goals that you're uh, that you already agree on fantastic if you don't you'll go through this process but then very quickly in the in the relationship you'll need to figure out how much goal achievement money do we actually have right and the most objective ken was talking about objective versus subjective uh the most objective way to come up with that is the three bank account system Mm -hmm. And yeah, even if you're making a lot of money, even if you're making more money today than you've ever made in your life, going through that three bank account system to say, all right, we've got enough income coming in to to, to cover all the regular monthly expenses, and we need to have X amount set aside or we want to have X amount set aside in cash for an emergency that comes up. Let's list out all of the other non-monthly expenses that could come up on the horizon and be setting the right amount of money aside for those. Once we've done that, how much then extra money is there? There might not be enough for you to go achieve your goals. And then you go back to the tinkering. Well, could we eat out to Taco Bell more and Hacienda less? Or <laughs> do do more Taco Tuesday at the home front as, as opposed to going anywhere, right? Um, eat more pizza because that defies inflation or whatever it is, um, right? $5. Then you look at making some cuts to try to free up dollars or looking at your tax situation and say, could we withhold less or or could, should we change where we're funding in order to get more tax benefits, something like that. And that way you've got more firepower to go after these goals. And then if retirement's your first goal, you go through that five-factor retirement plan, figure out this is how much money we can be saving for retirement. Then if paying off debt is the next priority. Here's how much money is left over for that debt snowball. You plug that into the calculator with your certified financial planner. It tells you how quickly you can get that debt paid off. Maybe if those are your only two goals, you're looking and saying, geez, we're not saving as much as we want to towards retirement. So therefore, we're looking at retiring at 68 instead of 65. Um, But that allows us to get this debt paid off in two years. And if we then don't consume that extra money. We've got more firepower to throw from the debt since that's paid off now towards retirement. And that will move us back to being able to retire at 65 or 66, something like that. That's the process you're going to go through. And the reason why you need to work with your certified financial planner, the the analogy to me is it reminds me, if you have, have you ever eaten a meal, shared a meal with someone and they have four things on their plate and they eat them one at a time. I don't know why anyone would do that. I don't either. And I, I'm <laughs> telling you what, there actually there's a, a guy on our team and I'm I'm not going to say it because I think it might embarrass Ben Chambers, um, <laughs> that he eats one thing at a time on his plate. I'm like, dude, wow. what are you talking about? Like take a bite of everything. That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> best and most satisfying rewarding way to eat and but all in the same bite like you sure. mix your bites well no i mean 
if, if you have, or you just make your well, way we just around. Came, you know, we just came off of Thanksgiving. So if you think about that, you, you take a little turkey, a little stuff, and a little gravy, and get it all in. Oh man, it's so good. Right. And like, so there's a cornucopia of flavors happening all at once. It's like the it's like the grand finale of the fireworks. Instead of just one, yeah. you know, one little cherry bomb at a time. So. It's the same way with your financial goals because you say, hey, if I do my debt and I just take every penny I have and get rid of my debt first, and then I take every penny I have and fund my kid's education, then I take every penny I have and fund my retirement, it, it might not work. It's, yeah. it's, and it's the same thing with – think about the, the uh, goal setting – where you have the the rocks and the gravel and the sand and all that, mm-hmm. and in w- one way of doing it, everything fits in there, and another way of doing it, half the stuff doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. So this is why financial planning makes so much sense because I need to know can can I afford to go get after Thanksgiving dinner one item on my plate at a time. Mm. And some people may be able to afford that. Some people might not be able to afford it. You might need to get time on your side. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? It's it's if you wait too long to get going on some of these long-term goals where m- much of the achievement of the goal is due to time, letting your mm-hmm. investments simmer for years and years mm-hmm. and years, you start shaving one year off, two years off, three years off because you're delayed working on other goals, the the exponential effect that that has in a negative way on your goal achievement, a lot of people just really underestimate. They don't they don't realize that the earliest dollars that you save for something like retirement or college for your kids, where you're investing this money and letting time work for you, you give up a little bit of that time and you're giving up a lot of dollars on the back end. Uh, which this is one of the, you know, we, we're, we're believers in the principles that Dave Ramsey preaches also on the radio waves. And h- however, where we disagree is he says everyone has one financial plan and it's the same one and it's the same priority. It's the seven baby steps. And specifically the first ones, he says, you got to do the first three, ignoring everything else. You can't do any one of those while also trying to achieve something else. Maybe baby steps four, five, and six you can do in tandem together. And I just don't think life works that way. Life's not that chronological. And if you're trying to pay off debt and build up an emergency fund and that takes five years and those five years you're not saving a little bit and getting a company match and other things that boy, that could have some ramification. I'm not saying Dave's completely wrong. I'm saying you've got to apply it to your situation. Dave Ramsey's not a, certif- a practicing certified financial planner. So he doesn't sit down belly to belly with people and talk through these world, real issues. And so work with your CFP on that. How do you mix in the college goal? If, if helping kids with college was also in your high priorities. Uh, Josh, really quickly, like what's the process or strategy to go through there? Well, to, to me, you've got to figure out uh, what help do you want to be able to provide to your kids? You've, you've got to set some sort of a target here. And if your goal is to provide them with a full ride between what you provide and what scholarships they earn and everything, you want them coming out of school with no debt, that's a very different path that you're setting yourself on as opposed to, hey, Kids, here's what we have. We have $250 a month that we're going to set aside for your education. Whatever that grows to, we are happily supporting you in that way. That's a different path. Mm -hmm. So defining, 
are, are you going to pick what your the, the end result's going to be, the amount of help is on the back end, or are you going to uh, choose what is the contribution amount on the front end? But it has to fit with your other goals. This is one of those goals that can often bankrupt the others because it seems most pressing, or you feel more of that tugging at the heartstrings. You want your kids to have a better start than what you had, or you, you want them to have a better experience in college or something. There's can be a lot of emotion wrapped up for parents on this one, and it's often a, a place where two spouses, two parents might view the world very differently in the area of college. Yeah, we talked earlier about the benefit of going through that goal planning process uh, with your CFP in the room. And my goodness, if one of you or if, if there's a potential that helping kids with college is going to make the list, you're going to want your CFP there as well. Just to, Because most people don't think about it in these terms. We've done full shows on this before. Most people just think, oh, saving for college? Well, I've got to pay for all of it. And they don't they, they're, they're not open to, they haven't been thinking enough about it to have the different perspective of these other options. But then just like you're right, Josh, you've got you've, you've to look and say, well, how does that, achieving that goal, fit with the other goals we're trying, trying to achieve and can all fit together? And I'm going to go back to what Kevin said earlier as we sort of wrap up this topic. And that is, does, does this process, does it create financial stress or financial freedom? Because financial success, however you're going to define it, balance will be part of that definition. And having the right balance between what you want to do today and being able to do what you want to do tomorrow, that's, that's, I mean, that's financial success. That's why you work with a certified financial planner. That's why you go through this goal planning process and the strategies to achieve them. So you've got the balance today uh, in, in kind of equilibrium with what you're trying to achieve in the future. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. All right. That's <laughs> <laughs> Come on, well, dude. I was just getting into it. <laughs> we will restart. <laughs>